0: Welcome to the AVA Journal Legal Rebels podcast, where we talk to men and women who are remaking the legal profession, changing the way the law is practiced and setting standards that will guide us into the future.
1: Thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic, working from home and communicating, collaborating via real-time communication tools has become the norm for many law firms and offices. The benefits of such arrangements are obvious. People can be safe and secure in their homes while maintaining their productivity and availability. Plus, no more lengthy commutes means people get back hours of their day that they would otherwise lose by being stuck in traffic or sitting on a train. Some firms and offices even took the opportunity to decrease their real estate footprint, saving them money in the long run. Many experts and even law firm leaders figured there was no going back and that virtual or hybrid arrangements were here to stay. However, some law firms, including several of the largest in the country, have begged to differ. Citing a need to maintain or preserve office culture and strengthen personal connections, these firms are now mandating at least four days in the office per week. Several other sectors, particularly the finance industry, are doing the same thing. Even Zoom, one of the key pieces of technology that has allowed so many of these industries to go virtual, has demanded that their employees return to the office. So is it only a matter of time before we're back to being physically present in the office all the time? Or will the virtual or hybrid arrangements that have taken hold as a result of the pandemic be as resilient as the billable hour? My name is Victor Lee, and I'm Assistant Managing Editor of the ABA Journal. My guest on today's episode of the Legal Rebels podcast is Mark Klender, Vice President of Client Engagement at Harbor Global. Mark is here today to talk about the future of remote working, as well as other changes that have taken hold in the legal industry, and whether they will prove to be permanent or temporary. Welcome to the show, Mark.
2: Hi, Victor. I'm glad to be here.
1: Great. So tell me a little bit about yourself and your background. How did you get into uh, the business of consulting for lawyers?
2: Yes, I've been in consulting for over 30 years. I spent uh, about 25 years at Deloitte consulting across a range of different businesses and endeavors. And uh, part of my time at Deloitte was leading a small law firm advisory practice. I joined Harbor Global three years ago and focused mostly on law firms. And Harbor Global is focused on the legal sector, primarily law firms, but also corporate legal departments.
1: Obviously, dealing with so many lawyers over these last you know uh, few decades, like what have you sort of gleaned in your in your in your dealings with lawyers? I mean, they have a reputation for being very risk averse, very resistant to change. I mean, have you has that been your experience, or do you think that's a little bit unfair?
2: No, I think that's that's exactly <laughs> right. Um, lawyers um, are very risk averse, and change is very difficult, not only for lawyers but for law firms, uh, the leadership of firms, etc. So, they tend not to be. At the leading edge of trends, and they tend to be focused on staying with their peers. They're very conscious of, and I'm talking about the firms in general, trying to look at what their their peers are doing and stay in the pack, basically.
1: Do you find that's the case across the board, or is it more with large law firms versus small law firms, or is that pretty much how it is?
2: Oh I think it's across the board, and I think it's a good generalization across the board.
1: So let me ask you: so when the pandemic first hit and things you know, started to shut down and whatnot. What was the first thing you thought of? Was it like, oh my God, this is gonna change everything? Or was, it, or were you just kind of like, okay, well, let's see what happens and maybe some things will stick around, maybe some things won't. But I mean, what was your initial thoughts when the pandemic hit?
2: Yeah, I think, and this isn't just for law firms, but business in general. I mean, it was quite a shock and uh, I don't think anybody knew how severe it would be or how long it would last and what the impacts would be on, on business. We've now have close to three years of experience with it. And we've seen a lot of change, quite frankly. It's been a stimulus, a change agent for law firms to take a look at the way they do things and really open their eyes that they can change things and do things. And I think it's been a phenomenal stimulus.
1: So let's say I woke up from being in a coma over the last three years or whatnot, and I didn't know what COVID was. I didn't know what any of this stuff was. How would you describe like how the legal industry has changed to 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 me in that situation
2: yeah I, I think it's rooted in ways of work and uh one would come in today if they've been in a coma and they would see to your point when you introduce us this, this session today of this whole work from home hybrid um the fact that everybody's not in the office every and it? it's a, not the same buzz in the office and the activity in the office and that uh, people are at home uh, and they're able to be very productive at home. And um, this concept of work-life balance and flexibility, that's just totally, would have been totally foreign to law firm leaders, law firms and attorneys, if you look back at COVID. And that, quite frankly, is the, probably the biggest change for uh, companies or firms in the office sector.
1: So traditionally, so much about law firm culture, and I've never worked at a law firm um, but I've covered, you know, I've covered this industry for, for for a number of years and whatnot. So it seems like a lot of the culture is based on being there, being available, you know, making sure you're physically present and whatnot. So how has that sort of changed now as a result of, you know, hybrid arrangements, uh, virtual arrangements and whatnot? Like, is that still the most important thing or are partners and law firm leaders and whatnot starting to kind of overlook that.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you look back to before COVID, that is just simply the way that it was. Everybody commuted. Everybody came into the office and uh, the office was chock full of people. That's simply the way it was. And it wasn't just law firms. It was any corporation, any general, generally other professional services firms, but people came into the office. Now I can talk later about the difference between other professional services and law firms and where law firms are and some of those differences and some of the uh, models that are now being applied to law firms. But uh, no, it's just changed dramatically that people were at home and people adopted and the firms, law firms adopted with technology, um, whether it's Zoom or Teams or what have you, um, getting technology in the home, getting the office set up in the home, but then people getting used to being able to work at home and that flexibility that it gave them, it gave them the ability to see their kids off to school and not have to spend, as you mentioned, beginning call time to get ready for work and then the commute, the flexibility throughout the day to get work done when they wanted to get work done. And and everything I've seen um, working from home is as productive or more productive in many instances for people to actually get their work done, you know, the heads down, get the work done, as well as a number of communications tools. So I think that that is the future. I think that hybrid will be with us for a long time or permanently. Now it's a matter of determining how do we make a best, make the best of it and be most successful. And I would say the most successful firms are going to leverage hybrid to their advantage, to the advantage of their, uh, attorneys to their employees, etc., and uh, and make make themselves a great place to work and a and a great place uh, to be productive and a very successful firms.
1: Gotcha. All right, so we'll talk more about that, but let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor.
0: If you're like me, you're probably a bit frustrated with the state of our political system today. Democracy Decoded, a podcast by Campaign Legal Center, examines our government and discusses innovative ideas that could lead to a stronger, more transparent, accountable and inclusive democracy. Listen at democracydecoded.org to their new season, which takes a deep dive into democracy at the state and local level by highlighting different ways to ensure that every voter's voice is heard. Filing court documents, serving legal papers, collecting electronic signatures, all critical parts of the litigation process, yet ones that are time-consuming and error-prone. But what if you could do more straight from your case or document management software? InfoTrack automates data entry, document selection, tracking, and information syncing across all these core tasks and more by integrating with your core systems like Clio, Smokeball, Leap, MyCase, and others. Spend more time on substantive legal work and less time on busy work. Learn how simple it can be at InfoTrack.com simple. And we're back.
1: So, you were talking before the before the break about uh, the future of remote working and whatnot. So, obviously, you know some law firms have started uh, mandating that uh, people come to the office more—some uh, three days a week, some four days a week, or whatnot. You said that you think hybrid is is here to stay. But what happens if so? Those firms, or, or or more firms, start saying, "Okay, no, we want everyone back five days a week, and that's that," because you know you have to be in the office, you have to be available. You know, there's certain things that. Just can't be replicated, like you know, the water cooler conversations or the late the late night powwows or you know the going um, going go to a partner's office and, be, and 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 learning from him or her. What 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 then happens to like you know uh, the remote or, or the hybrid um, uh, setups then?
2: Yeah, and and I'd like to reference a survey that we've just done. Our firm has just done of. Coos, so chief operating officers at uh, at law firms, and it was of I'll call it AmLaw 100, a nice range across the AmLaw 100, and uh, we've just gotten some preliminary results back. One question we ask is the number of days per week employees are expected to work in the office, and today about 46, or at least 46 percent of the respondents said three days a week. 23 percent said two days. And 31 percent was there was no expectation that they come into the office. Um, we asked the same question, but what what do you expect this to be now in the future? What do you expect to move to? And 57 uh, percent said they expect to stay at three, 14 percent to four, 7 percent at two days a week and 21 percent none required. So. We're not seeing, at least from them, a predicted shift to get to to get to four or to get to five days a week. And I think that's indicative also of the attitudes of the firms. Again, we're talking about the leadership of the firms. I think it's going to be a small minority of firms that are going to push to four days a week. And, and I don't think anybody will ever require five days
1: a week. Uh, that's an interesting finding. Cause I mean, like uh, I think, I think probably, you know, sometimes, you know, and, and, and we might be guilty of this too. Like, you know, we see a few big firms, like they, they, they start, they start to move and then we just say, oh, well, all the firms are going to move that way because that's how, that's how, you know, that, that's, that's sort of the stereotype of big law, right? It's like one firm does something and everyone does, does the same thing. But I mean, as far as sort of like law firm culture and whatnot, like how do you think that virtual or hybrid um, arrangements affect, Law firm culture. And is there a way to kind of integrate that and 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 kind of modify existing culture to kind of accommodate people who don't, yeah, don't need to come into the office or can't come into the office?
2: Yeah, I mean, hybrid clearly is impacting firm culture. It's also impacting mentoring and development. That's one of the other findings. Um, and teaming and collaboration. But that's not to say that hybrid cannot work and, and hybrid can and will work. I would say that. Firms have to be more intentional, more purposeful in that interaction. And I would say that this concept of water cooler ideation is a little bit overrated. I think that people, if you think about the old days, how many times in the course of your 40 or 50 or 60 hours with the, with the lawyers, were are actually bumping into somebody and, hey, come on into my office, let's talk about this. Obviously, that somebody was in the office and you could go get with them was easier when your office, at least it would seem to be easier. But I've also read that interactions today in this uh, hybrid environment, this Zoom and Teams environment, it's actually more directful and purposeful. People schedule time with each other or make themselves accessible versus the the randomness randomness of people uh, interacting in the office on the odd chance there. So I think there are ways to get to mentoring and training. And uh, ways to get to culture and ways to get to teaming and just feeling good about uh, yourself, the firm and and those you work with. But again, those need to be very purposeful and starting at the top down um, from the leadership of the firm and the partners. I will say that one of the impediments to hybrid working is that uh, the partners tend not to be in the office more than firms would like them. And it's important that the the partners are there to be available when people are in the office on those purposeful days that have people in the office.
1: So um, I don't know if the survey uh, covered this, but I mean, one thing that just we found in our reporting and just also I think ABA service and whatnot is that for young lawyers, this is, you know, they, they do prize flexible worth work arrangements and they prize having free time and whatnot. I mean, so do you think that that's gonna be a way that law firms can you know kind of leverage their policies to kind of attract top talent, to kind of distinguish themselves from you know, maybe some other firms who are like, no, you guys gotta come in, you guys gotta be available.
2: I think that hybrid and that flexibility, and, and I love the term work-life balance. Um, where does work fit into your life and, uh, and how do you balance that with uh, the rest of your life? I think that it's very important to people and, uh, you know, to use the term, the, the genies out of the bottle on, on hybrid and flexibility. I think that people at the firm across the board, everything from leadership, senior leadership to partners to the, the senior and junior associates, um, they all want to be able to have some of that flexibility and uh, they do value that interaction, especially the younger folks in the farm, um, the newer folks in the firm, do desire that interaction with partners and those more senior with them. But it has to be very purposeful, right? Uh, again, back to training, back to mentoring, back to development of people here. But I just don't, simply don't think it's going to go away. I think it's a tool to offer hybrid, to offer that flexibility. It's a recruiting tool. It's a retention tool. It'll be interesting to see if and how many firms go to four days a week and what impact that has. As you know, and I think you mentioned at the beginning of the uh, conversation, some banks have tried to mandate four or five days in office. And I think there's a very small percentage of the bigger law firms, quote unquote, the elite law firms, um, the New York-based firms that are are trying to get people to come in uh, into the office uh, more frequently.
1: One one thing, and I guess this might be too speculative on my part, but like – Cause like because obviously you, you have to do what your clients want and you have to you know you have to uh, be available for them and whatnot but like you know, if enough financial Giants you know are like like you know like your Goldman Sachs or your Morgan Stanley's not to sing, not, not not to say that they're doing anything just more of a hypothetical but like those kind of companies are like okay no we want all of our employees to come back and we want our lawyers to be available for us you know you know like like in the office in case we need to like you know to something, to, you know, handle something at, uh, at the last minute or something important. We want them there so that we don't have to worry about, you know, oh, what happens if someone's internet connection is down, or what happens if, you know, um, there's 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 a storm in someone's someone's cabin and they can't, you know, check their email or whatnot. So I mean, obviously that's a lot of ifs, that's a lot of contingencies and whatnot. But if enough, you know, high power clients are pushing for this, do you think that would force law firms to reevaluate things?
2: Yeah, I don't I don't think that the the clients are pushing for the, the people to be in the office. The clients are pushing for people to be available. And I think we've really gotten the technology and the ways of work down that one does not have to be in the office and, and on call. They do need to be available to, to be at clients when they need to be at clients. That's a whole nother topic. And they do need to be available to collaborate when they need to collaborate. And that can be done both on the phone with Zoom and these other technology tools. My experience is, and I look at our clients and and um, both on the corporate legal department side and the law firm side, is that. The clients don't necessarily even want you in the office or to travel across country for a couple hour meeting, right? They're more than happy to take a uh, virtual meeting. And the quality of the work is not suffering in generally about what's being delivered. I would say back to this whole, the people side of this, that this, we've got changes in intergenerational changes of attitudes toward work and about companies and, and firms. And I would tell you the this younger generations, um, there's less stick to it to firms, less loyalty to firms. I'd tell you, it's really about the work that people are doing, their clients, the matters, opportunities for learning and advancement, who they work with. I mean, Those are the important things, and those don't all translate into having to be in the office to, uh, to do all those things, right? It's more about uh, what the firm is offering, and again, the intentionalness of the firms.
1: Does that actually then kind of like cut against sort of the idea of needing to maintain a unique culture? Because you know, if you know, youngest young lawyers, young associates, or whatnot, they're not they're not going to like law, They're not going to certain firms because they like. You know, oh, Thomas Dewey worked here, and therefore, actually, I guess that that's impossible because Dewey's out of business. But you know, like, um, you know, like, like, uh, yeah, like, or like, you know, I'm I'm going to Cravath because so many of my heroes have worked here, and I want to be like them, and blah blah blah, and and, and kind of embracing the culture like that. Meanwhile, like having course sort of like more hybrid arrangements, more more virtual arrangements, whatnot, would seem to kind of cut against that, right? I mean, but then again, you could also argue that, like you said, that with a lot of these young lawyers, they're not they're not necessarily as loyal to like a brand as much as, as they are to to these matters and things like that?
2: Yeah, I, I think younger folks and other attorneys, right? there's so much lateral move, the, the ladder is moving, it's, uh, it just seems to be uh, an explosion of laterals uh, moving to different firms. But I think people do like an image of a firm, especially in the younger in your career, right? And you may go to a firm and spend a couple of years there for "quote unquote" the culture or the image, the size or the reputation of a firm, but I will tell you what keeps you there longer terms are the things that I talked about. It's the clients, it's the matters you're working on, it's the people you work with, it's the people you work under. I think those things are very important to people today. As you know, I go back to COVID and people reprioritizing what work means to them and um, what their careers mean to them right now. Attorneys are highly driven people, and they're very focused, right? So I'm not trying to make light of um, that their career is not important. And in in those younger days, very motivated young people, right?
1: Right. So on that note, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, and we'll continue after these messages. Delegate out those tasks that take up your time. Staffy can help you with your legal, administrative, marketing, and even client-facing workload. Hiring Staffy's top-notch bilingual virtual staff means Staffy does the recruiting, hiring, and training for you. Then, if you need a change, Staffy handles it. You get to concentrate on your strategic work. Schedule a free consultation at staffy.cc. That's S-T-A-F-I.cc and get $500 off with code HAPPY24. And we're back. So, Mark, you talked a little bit about your survey throughout the course of this episode. Can you talk a little bit a little bit more, more about it? Like, What, what were some things that uh, you found, and what were some things that uh, you guys uh, measured and whatnot?
2: Sure. We really, again, this was about hybrid, and it just came out. We just issued it last week, and the results are coming in. So we expect to have some more results toward the, the end of this week. But I, I wasn't really surprised uh, about what we were finding. And again, I talked earlier about the days a week expectations. I would say that um, the other interesting thing on people being in the office, that almost 70% said that the days in the office is simply a guidance and discretionary as opposed to a policy or mandatory. Impacts of hybrid uh, of members of the firm working from home. Again, not surprising for, him, for me, um, positive impacts Number one, 70% recruiting and retention of people. So there's that people side of this. It's so important to the individuals and the firms rec- recognize that, right? Costs are gone down, real estate costs, travel costs, etc. cetera. Uh, and actually they cited team member productivity. 30% said that that was the, the third greatest positive impact. Negative impacts, some of the things we talked about, firm culture, and mentoring and development, 85% said that, uh, that that's an issue, that's a negative impact and it has to be addressed. And team and collaboration also. But in general, productivity was not cited as an issue from people working from home. And uh, people, motivation doesn't seem to be an issue. Accountability doesn't seem to be an issue. Ideation, not an issue. So, I mean, there are a lot that's, that's working well with hybrid today. And I will also mention, I mean, we talked about impediments to getting people into the office, not surprising, commutes, the productivity um, from having to commute and to get into the office and productivity in the office, flexibility, people like that work-life balance, and they don't want to give it up. And uh, interesting, and I mentioned this uh, earlier, that there aren't enough people in the office, the right people in the office and partners are not in the office. I mean, the younger people crave to interact with partners. And if you come in and those people are not in the office, um, it sort of kills one of the main reasons to get back in the office.
1: Well, it also kind of hurt the whole idea of like trying to find a mentor, I guess, right? Because if, if, the, if the partner's aren't in the office, it's like, well, who are, you gonna, who are you gonna go to to try to find a mentor?
2: Yeah, and, and, and let me comment on mentoring. It really is something that has to be purposeful especially at this environment and it, the whole mentoring and development, it's, it really is a function of the talent organization overall, the leadership of the firms, the practice groups. Let's take it down in the practice groups, right, for making sure their people are taught and mentored right. And uh, it's got to be purposeful and it's got to become part of that culture to make sure that uh, those that are mentoring are rewarded for it and recognized for it and compensated for it, quite frankly, to get those senior people, the mentors, into that groove and into that culture. Uh, You can't expect it to happen simply by forcing the younger people into the office. That's not going to work. You've got to have a program. You have to have a culture. You have to have intention around it.
1: Have you seen any law firms trying to address this um, or trying to kind of resolve this problem?
2: Well, they are all... Trying to deal with it. I mean, that is, you know, to the one answer that eighty-six percent of the firms are, are struggling with mentoring and development. They're they're all raising it as an issue, and they're all trying to grapple with it. and And some are more successful. The ones that I, the things that I talked about, those are the ones that are being more successful. Um, those that are simply, uh, and being extreme here, just expecting people to come in the office and mentoring will take place, that's not working.
1: And so it's just kind of looking forward. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, we we've talked a little bit about sort of just hybrid arrangements and, and, and virtual arrangements in general and whatnot. But I mean, looking down the line five years, and let's say, you know, assuming there's no other pandemic or any kind of shock to the system or whatnot, I mean, would you still expect like these kind of arrangements to be the norm, or do you think you know we'll be we'll, we'll be seeing more kind of more, more firms kind of you know trying to trying to mandate you know, four days or or even five days, or do you think that's going to be just kind of like the status quo?
2: yeah I, I think we'll we'll move more toward uh, or toward more time in the office but I think that's going to be as much organic as the firms and the individuals see a benefit from doing it. I don't think, that they're going to be forced to come into the office. And as I said earlier, this is just something that everybody enjoys top to bottom. Again, the firm leaders, the partners, to uh, the, the, the young associates, they all enjoy it. And I can't see it going away completely. I, I see it important that, uh, the firms and individuals figure out how to make the best of it and use it to the advantage. And, uh, Again, to my my talent comments earlier, demographics have shifted dramatically and the baby boomer generation, some of the folks that are in the senior leadership of the farms, that whole cohort is moving out of the workforce. And we have the alphabet soup of X, Y, Z generations coming up and different priorities uh, on work, uh, work life balance and life in general. So that generation wants that flexibility and you have to have that flexibility hybrid as part of the toolkit to retain and recruit people, as the survey indicated here. It's, it's so important. I don't see it going away.
1: Finally, if our listeners want to get in touch with you to ask questions or um, or, or to get your advice on things, what, what's the best way to do that?
2: Uh, my email address. So it's uh, mclender, K-L-E-N-D-E-R, at harborglobal.com.
1: All right. Thanks for joining us today, Mark. I appreciate uh, you taking the time to speak speak with me about this.
2: You're welcome, Victor. It's been uh, nice
1: talking to you. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, please go to your favorite app and check out some other titles from Legal Talk Network. In the meantime, I'm Victor Lee, and I'll see you next time on the ABA Journal Legal Rebels podcast.
0: If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalRebels.com, LegalTalkNetwork.com, subscribe via iTunes and RSS, Find both the ABA Journal and Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, or download the free apps from ABA Journal and Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries.